Welcome to the Roanoke Weekly Podcast. This is Brad. I'm here with Ariel today. How are you? Hey, I'm good, but I'm missing Xavier. Poor guy is sick at home. It, we are very, we feel destitute without you, Xavier, and look forward to having you back I next keep week. glancing over at the third mic expecting it to talk. This is a sad state. <laughs> well, we, we will move on in your stead, but know that you're with us in spirit, Xavier. Yeah, I feel better. Um, well, let's uh, let's jump into it here, and we've got. Uh, I think this is probably the biggest story for the area this week, which is that uh, Greg Habib, the Virginia State Delegate for Salem, part of Roanoke County, and Craig and part of Montgomery, has uh, announced that he's going to step down, and there's now going to be a, an election to replace him, which is uh, coming up very quickly here. We thought we were done with these elections, and now we're just right back in it. Uh, and this is potentially a big deal because the the um, House of Delegates is currently 51-49 in favor of Republicans. Uh, Greg is a Republican. Um, so there's the potential that this could open up to a split. Seems very unlikely given the background of this seat, but you never know. Strange things happen all the time. Looks like people have two days, well, until the 8th, to put in their name in the hat to uh, run for this seat. Mm-hmm. So get going if you need to get your name in. Um, one person has put their name in at this point, Joe McNamara. Yes, Joe from the from uh, Roanoke County has put his name in as the Republican nominee. So we'll see how this goes, and I'm sure we'll have updates on this as we move forward. But um, you know, I think um, uh, even if we all have we may have political differences, I'll, I will always thank Greg for taking the time to serve us, and uh, I hope he does well moving forward. But uh, always interesting when things happen outside of the regular political season. Indeed. We're all trained to think, oh, why? What's the story? But, you know, I hope he has a, a good life ahead focusing on his career and his family. Well, let's be clear. I can't fathom how miserable it would be to be a polit- politician at this right. point in time. Oh. Indeed. More updates to come. The pipeline this time. We keep talking about yes. it. Yes. Well, things keep happening, and they seem... This one, uh, judging by my Facebook experience, I don't know about yours, but people were pretty stoked about this one. Uh, it doesn't, uh, from reading into it, it doesn't seem like it's a unanimous win, but uh, the opponents of the pipeline seem to have gotten a small win out of this, that it's been shut down for the moment based on a, a court ruling that took away their permits to be in the, in the National Forest, and then they followed up and said, if you can't do the forest, then there's no use doing any of the rest of it. So it's shut down for the moment. Seems like it's likely that it's going to come back soon, but um, we'll, we'll, it's just one yeah. thing after another here. They use, they're using words in the news like cease construction, which I think is um, that kind of strong language is different than pausing or taking a momentary stop on construction. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens, but definitely a glimmer of hope for the opponents of the pipeline. Indeed, although there, on the flip side, there was it is expected that those uh, permits to be in the in the national forest will be renewed coming up. So this this fight is certainly not over, uh, and we'll see where it goes from here because it seems like uh, it's it's going to be a long long battle. Uh, but then I, there's a bit of a, um, a different news, and we've. I think we can share that we've kind of made a conscious decision to steer, steer clear of some of the the violent aspects of uh, things in the news. Just in, I think, from my perspective, and I think, Errol, you can speak for yourself, but um, just because there's not a lot to be said about it most of the time. it's mm-hmm. it, They're terrible things, but there's not a lot. 
Yeah, we've decided that, you know, violent crime, it needs to be handled very particularly and our local news outlets do a very good job of that. And we are not trained professionals in handling these things. So in terms of allegations and other stories, including those types of things, we're we're kind of staying away from that. It's a conscious decision, but we did want to bring up this one story this week, Brad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there was an incident where they discovered there's a bullet hole in one of the windows at the Roanoke City Police Department offices. Um, they did some research investigating, I suppose you call it, if you're the police, um, and then found that they were actually fired from a half a mile away on the other side of the railroad tracks. Uh, apparently there were several different kinds of bullets there, so it sounds like someone was firing uh, several different weapons off there and uh, just kind of a scary thing in some ways that that can happen so far away and yet you know I think this could have been a deadly thing uh, half a mile away from that incident so it's you know just just another incident in some ways but some this one a little bit different Mm -hmm. in my mind uh, a little scary yeah if you want to read the story it's on the Roanoke Times website in their crime section um, if you want to find out more about what they've discovered and learn how this happened. But uh, following up on that, let's uh, let's take a little break here. Sounds good. So Brad, what happens annually in Roanoke the first weekend of October every year? Pop quiz. Oh gosh, I you know... Uh, is it City Works Expo? <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Oh, my goodness. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, Ariel and I have both been involved in this in the past, but we're very excited about what's happening this year with City Works Expo 8. Um, and the theme for this year we're very excited to share, anticipating 2050, acting today. Uh, we've got all kinds of new things coming up, but tickets are on sale now at cityworksexpo.com. I encourage you all to go check it out and see what we have planned for this year. But in the meantime, uh, just... Save the date, October 4th through 6th. We'll be in the Patrick Henry Ballroom in the CoLab here in Roanoke, uh, downtown Roanoke and over in Grandin. But hope to see you all there. That's cityworksxpo.com. Check it out. Welcome back to the podcast. We've got exciting news about the medical school here in Roanoke. Brad, do you want to kick this off and I'll add a little flavor to it at the end? Yeah, so they've just welcomed a new class um, of students here. Um, And it's, uh, I think, most exciting perhaps because this, uh, well, I mean, it's exciting in general because this has been a a great development, I think, for the city. But also, uh, this is the first time that this was officially uh, done as a college of the University of Virginia Tech. And um, that's, you know, it's pretty cool to have Mm-hmm. technical Virginia Tech students in a school of medicine studying to be doctors right here in downtown Rona. Yeah, and they come from all over the country, sometimes all over the world. And I actually had the privilege of meeting some of them at the student fair last week. Um, I was stationed next to the Hokie Bird. So there's a real live, well, statue of the Hokie Bird in the lobby at Virginia Tech Curlian School of Medicine there. And I got the chance to talk to a few of them, ask them where they came from, um, tell them about the podcast. So shout out if you're listening. You guys were really talkative and very fun to get to know. And I hope you really enjoy your time in Roanoke. It's an amazing place. And I think you'll you'll have memories here that last a lifetime. All right, enough with that mumbo jumbo. But you guys are, seriously, you're going to love it here. And you're going to make a huge impact here. So welcome. But I think it's also worth noting just that this is... Um 
this is not some podunk medical school. That this is <laughs> Virginia Tech. Quite is the in, opposite. Quite the it is indeed that this is uh, we're we're gathering students from all over to be here. This is quite a, a phenomenon. Virginia Tech and Korean have invested a bunch of resources to make this not just you know a half-hearted effort. And so I, I think. Uh, I just want to give them a, a big thank you and a round of applause for doing all they've done. Yeah, and it's it's huge for, I mean, if you're not associated with the school at all and you're, you're a Roanoke person, just know the impact that these students will have, even though it's a relatively small group of people. These are people bringing worldly experiences and different types of culture and interesting like lifestyles and everything to Roanoke, and they're going to be part of our community for the next few years. So... I think we should welcome them with open arms and thank the the organizations that put them here for for bringing them to our town. Absolutely. Well, and then uh, I'd like to share a little bit of um, not great news, but then you know some a follow up on a story that we've been following for a little while, though, dating back to before the podcast started, which is the GE has announced that they're going to move, looking to move their manufacturing operations out of their Salem plant. Uh, in the next couple of years. Uh, but the newest update on this is that Senator Kane has spoken out on behalf of the, the local community urging GE not to close down the facility here. You know, it kind of feels like a lost cause in some ways, but um, we'll, you know, we're, remain hopeful uh, throughout this. And I think that if there's anything we know from how these corporations work is that these things uh, can be flipped around on a dime at any time. And so even if they take it away, there's a chance they can move something back here relatively quickly. So mm-hmm. we'll hope so. Fingers crossed. I've got a little bit of news coming out of the local nonprofit scene. Our local uh, group Leap and Finney were awarded a three year, $1.8 million grant. Uh, this grant will be support the continued development and growth of of the Virginia Fresh Match Program, which addresses things like food security, farmer viability, and access to affordable, fresh local food through programs like SNAP, which is formerly known as Food Stamps. Um, The the director of LEAP, Maureen Best, was quoted in the press release, and she, she said something so interesting to me, which is that agriculture is Virginia's leading industry, and so you would think that it would be just so available to mm. families here, but it's not. There's a, a lot of barriers between families who are in what's known as food deserts, you have low food access, and getting that fresh, affordable food. So pr- programs like SNAP that have been around for a while have helped address that. And, you know, Carilion locally supports a lot of SNAP incentive programs. But this um, this grant will take a broader approach at making sure that the groups collaborating around these issues have a stronger footing, have more staff and more, um, you know, they have a three-year plan in front of them. They have an ongoing plan. So our local LEAP, which is a small, locally run nonprofit organization, is helping to manage this grant and run it. And we're really excited for them. Indeed, I think it's worthwhile to note that this is something that um, we would often expect an organization in Richmond or Northern Virginia to take the lead on. But the fact that it's a Roanoke organization leading this, I think, speaks really well for us as a region, but also really well for that particular organization. And we may have some contacts with them, but we think they're good people over there. Our bias is strong, but our like for them regardless is stronger. Um, so go leap and keep doing good stuff in the local food world. And where can they uh, where can they find some fresh fruits and veggies that leap might help them 
obtain? Oh gosh, all over the place. Uh, leapforlocalfood.org is their website and you can look at all their markets, but they have markets in Grandin Village, the West End, the Mobile Farmer's Market goes all over the, um, the whole city and they work with farmer's markets in all the towns around here. So Bedford, Salem, like there's, you know, many, many farmer's markets affected by this, uh, this grant money and the, the programming that Leap supports. Um, if you're a fan of local food, you might also be a fan of local beverage. So A plus segue, <laughs> I'm giving myself a pat on the back. Um, we're excited that the local company tour Roanoke has released a new model of brewery tours in Roanoke. This is kind of in response to the growth of the local and also sort of um, secondary, you know, when Deschutes and all the Bows Point have opened up new breweries and, and brew pubs here. Uh, Toronoke decided, why don't we give people the opportunity to choose the breweries they'd like to see on their brewery tours rather than a predetermined menu? So they have different route options. They're all um, totally affordable, in my opinion. Like the ticket price is good. Um, you're safe on a you know fun vehicle that's meant for you to go out and drink and not have to worry about driving or any of that. Um, and you can choose your route depending on what kind of beer you want to experience. They take people all the way out to Beals in Bedford, you know, Twin Creeks in Vinton. And you have time at each place to stop and actually enjoy the ambiance. You don't have to just go in and slam a couple tastings and head out. So if you have a group of people coming into town or if you're planning a bachelorette party or something, this is just a really cool option. I'm happy to see it happening in Roanoke. Um, I'm, I'm just hopeful that you can get things other than IPAs when you're on the tour. Yes, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an old man who doesn't like IPAs. What a lot of people don't like IPAs. I do. I'm an IPA person. But sometimes in the summer you want something a little lighter. And the breweries know that, thankfully. <laughs> they smart. Uh, well, to flip the script a little bit from having to go out and go see people to get food and drink, <laughs> you can also now apparently order any food or alcohol you want delivered to you, it seems like. But... Not quite, but it, we do want to share that uh, Grubhub is expanding their services to 19 new restaurants in Roanoke, um, and also that apparently you can now get alcohol delivered to your home in the area as well. So that's, What a time to be alive. Uh, seriously. Um, <laughs> so let me read some of these restaurants that Grubhub is going to deliver from, because I think so, these are kind of exciting, that you know, Blue Cow Ice Cream... Uh, bubble cake, Bobby's hot and cheesy, of all things, my favorite, the community inn. You can now get delivered to. Oh you. boy, Tanachi's. <laughs> What's up? M and K Food Shop, some of our favorites here in Grandin. R T Smith. Um, oh, breakfast bagels. Yeah. Whew. Um, the salad factory, the cookie store. I don't even know what the cookie store is, but I kind of want to order something from them right now. I bet you can. I, I think get I need cookies. to investigate what the cookie store is, but. Maybe we should have food delivered to us every time we record a podcast oh, as an um, investigation of the service. Well, this is really exciting. You know, it just makes me think I, I visited a couple of restaurants over the weekend and got some pretty like metropolitan food choices. And I was thinking, you know, this is really cool. Like, I think Roanoke has really started to have the options that people m at one point missed here. Like I had a matcha latte at Garden Song Eco Cafe mm. this weekend and they have avocado toast. So I'm saying who needs, who needs Brooklyn? 
when you have Roanoke, I'm just kidding. Brooklyn's great, but I'm saying basically we don't have to be envious of other places options anymore. We've got Grubhub, we've got beer tours, we've got avocado toast. What else do you need? I need alcohol delivered to my house and then we can do that too. Okay. Right. Good. Check plus. Let's move on to our weekly spotlights. Everybody's favorite. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, um, this is where I'm going to especially mix, miss Xavier because he does the food spotlight, and I know he's very passionate about that. So we're going to, you know, go. we're going to do one this week. It's very exciting, but I'm very excited to have him back next week to talk about his. Yes. Another moment of silence for you, Xavier. Well, he's not dead, Brad. He's well, just sick. Yeah. Um, do you want to start us off with the CoLab Business Spotlight this week? Sure. So this week in our CoLab Business Spotlight, we're going to spotlight an organization that I think you're very familiar with, Ariel, and Heart and Spade Forge. They yeah. do incredible work. Uh, tell us, can you tell me a little bit about the, the stuff that they produce? Sure. I was excited to see this. I know Jed, the main forger, uh, wait, <laughs> <laughs> that can't be right, um, <laughs> craftsman, uh, personally, he sells his skillets and baker dishes at my store, Virginia Design Collective. And he has many more products he sells on his website. I know he's releasing a new line of products this fall for the gift season. Mm -hmm. Jed Curtis, um, he is super passionate about what he does and clearly very talented. The kind of, um, the kind of products that he makes are, are very hard to find made in the USA like he does. I mean, he hand hammers every single thing it's start to finish, it's his blood, sweat, and tears in those items, and they are, they will last for generations. So not only are his products just top-notch, but when you meet him, you can tell that's what he loves to do and cares so much about. So big fan over here. Well, and his products are just, from everything I hear, phenomenal. And uh, Sarah and I were looking at one saying, which one do you want for in the future when mm -hmm. I can afford to get mm -hmm. you one of these things? But yeah, they're, they're an investment piece is what I tell people. Um, absolutely will last for years and years. And they have, if you hold one of his items, you can tell it is just so high quality. I make the joke in the store a lot that if you ever needed to whack a burglar, that's the pan you want in your house. You know, it is, it is heavy and they're basically nonstick for cooking purposes, which is also another miracle. And yeah. So check heart and spade forge out on the internet. Absolutely. He has a great social media too. Go Jed. You're killing it. Good deal. Well, speaking of social media, sorry, Segway <laughs> champion today. <laughs> well, I, I will leave you to your segue. <laughs> the eat RKA food spotlight of the week. Um, I have had the pleasure of getting to know the, um, well, I already knew the owners, but getting to know the new Viva La Cupcake in South Roanoke under new management of Levi and Brunella, who are friends of ours. Um, they are doing their grand reopening on August 17th. Um, basically, they're going to keep a lot of the same elements that we all love about Viva La Cupcake, the delicious dessert items. Um, they are going to start implementing some new dessert items from Peru, which is where Brunella's from. She's the main baker of the two. Um, they're going to have longer hours and the space is going to be changed up a little bit to emphasize some comfort, you know, different comforts that you would expect from a dessert, like late night place. So you can come in and work, you can come in and go on a date. They're going to have some artwork hanging from local artists on the walls, hopefully have some yoga classes and other classes around like creative baking and other sort of like fun, creative things that you could do while you're enjoying a cupcake. Um, 
I just want to also throw out a little note that Viva is right beside Fork in the Alley. And I don't know if you've been by recently, but they built this like beautiful bar cabana out front. Mm -hmm. So now Fork in the Alley is not just in the alley. It's also in the front yard. And I can't wait to send her to that cabana and act like I'm at a resort and have a drink sometime this summer <laughs> and a cupcake from Viva. Sounds like a good afternoon to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, making me hungry. Again, <laughs> to go back to the, maybe we should have food delivered to us every time we do this. That's a bad idea. <laughs> um, well, what, what's going on in the arts and culture world there? Yeah, this is so exciting. I've been reading. So if you're not following Book City Roanoke on the Internet, it's time to sign up for their newsletter. Our friend Doug Jackson runs this as a side project. He's very passionate about making sure that Roanoke and all of its literary-related efforts are under one roof so we all know what's going on. But I heard that he, you know, this, this information about this book recently as the Roanoke Valley Reads Choice of the Year, and I'm really excited about all the events going on with it. The book is called Your Heart is a Muscle the Size of Your Fist, and the author, Sunil Yapa, will visit Roanoke during CityWorks Expo to do some participation and some talking and a lot of things around that. Brad, do you have more information on that? Uh, just that we're very excited to have him in town, that there's going to be some involvement with Expo, but also he's going to be involved with Holland University and also doing some public events as well. But there'll be some other events uh, as well. So it's a very interesting book, um, rather controversial choice, I think you could say in some ways, which I think is great for getting conversations started. It's a book about... Uh, a very personal journey through the uh, Seattle protests around the World Trade Organization that happened in the 90s that uh, many of us don't think about very often. But it's kind of around this principle of what is, how do protests matter? What are they about? Uh, um, how do we respond to them? All of these kind of questions that I think are perhaps particularly relevant in the political climate of the day. That's, I've been looking for an um, audio book for my upcoming road trip, and I think this might be at the top of the list. I will warn everyone, it's not a particularly fun read. Oh, <laughs> maybe I'll save it for later. <laughs> Just kidding. It'll be a good audio book to read in the car, listen to in the car, I mean. All right, very exciting. Well, we're in the events phase of our journey here. And I'm just going to quickly go through these. These will be in the newsletter. So if you're not getting the weekly newsletter, please sign up on RoanokeWeekly.com. It is a once weekly newsletter where we focus on all of the different things that we said in this podcast so that you have links at your disposal. But we also really emphasize the events. We usually link to the Facebook page where you can RSVP and find out more information. So sign up for that. Um, Brad, why don't you do the first one actually? Yeah, so uh, we're very excited here at the CoLab to be able to bring an event and together in partnership with Colors VA magazine, um, focused on what the current climate for African-American businesses is in the Roanoke area. So we'll have a panel and a conversation about what things are, are looking like now and what could be done to better foster a more inclusive business environment moving forward. Uh, really excited by the panelists that we have lined up for this, and I think it's just going to be a great evening uh, for conversation and, and figuring out what we can do as a community to better support all of those folks uh, that make up this community. Excellent. And that's on August 9th? August 9th, 6 p.m. here at the CoLab in Grandin. Great. Definitely show up for that. Um, if you're looking for some live music this weekend, I wanted to throw out a quick recommendation for a band called Roanoke. 
Um, they're not from Roanoke. They're from Nashville. And they're, the naming story of their band, I heard, you know, hearsay, so I'm not going to repeat it, but it's not about the city of Roanoke or the Lost Colony. So it's even something different than that. It's on Saturday the 11th at The Spot on Kirk. Um, if you're a fan of folk Americana music, check them out. Sounds like they're going to be great. This is their third time in Roanoke. People seem to really dig them. So definitely check that out. Well, and I'll just mention as well that, you know, this may be an opportunity to protest the uh, the naming of this old band and perhaps go and, you know, watch the band while you protest. So. <laughs> Why are we protesting the naming of the band? Because they've decided to name themselves Roanoke. Oh, there's only room for one Roanoke in this town? Okay, got it. Okay, watch out, band. Brad's going to be there alone protesting. I'm going to have a picket sign as well <laughs> while I'm dancing to your wonderful music. <laughs> All right. Um, the next day, Sunday, August 12th, uh, our local author, New York Times bestseller Beth Macy, um, and the award-winning photojournalist and educator Josh Meltzer will present um, on their new book, Dope Sick, Dealers, Doctors, and the Drug Company that Addicted America at the Taubman. So... If you want to come out to that, we'll send out the link. But this is going to be a great opportunity to listen to them talk about it, show some of the um, the images related to it, and then to probably ask some questions and meet the author and the photojournalist. So this is a great opportunity for anybody interested. Very cool. Uh, important as well. Totally. I mean, so relevant, so important for us all to know more about this and to learn what really happened behind the scenes to get us to where we are now. Looking a little further ahead, we've got an excellent hackathon coming up, August 17th and 18th. Um, hackathons are typically where talented people come together to solve problems, usually technology-based. Um, and this one's put on the by the Virginia Department of Transportation. It's called the Smarter Roads Hackathon. Brad, do you know more about this that you'd like to tell? Well, I, I do know a good deal about it because it's being hosted right here at the CoLab on the 17th and 18th. Well, looky there. Um, it, it's a great opportunity for folks that have a little bit of technical knowledge to come together and talk about this important transportation issues that, that face us. And essentially, the Virginia Department of Transportation, as with most government agencies, has a massive amount of data. They don't know what to do with it. They don't have the time to figure out what to do with it. But they know that there's something that can be done with it. And so they're essentially opening that up to whoever is interested in doing something with it. And you can come out on those days. There will be some monetary prizes for those that come up with the most interesting solutions. Uh, but would encourage you guys to to look on uh, online and just Google Roanoke Smarter Roads Hackathon. They do have a Facebook event, but they also have a, all the other technical things that I'm not totally familiar with. But... Uh, yeah, come on out. We'll uh, put a link in the newsletter. Yes, Don't you worry. Be. Don't worry about Googling right now. Um, Google it we'll we'll do that for you. <laughs> okay, yeah, some extra Googling. Um, Great. That's really exciting. I'm excited to see what comes out of that. I hope they do a presentation that we can all come to and see the findings. I, I believe there will be a presentation of some kind. I'm not entirely sure what it looks like. We'll uh, update you in a further future podcast episode. Well, this has been delightful, though tinged with sadness about our co-host, Xavier, who will be back next week. Yes, he will. And we will not say anything next week, and we'll let Xavier carry everything That's right. the whole time. Um, so just know that, Xavier, if you're listening, yeah. you're, you're, on the, you're on the hook for everything. <laughs> we'll, take, we'll just not even have microphones. We'll just sit here and nod at you the whole time. 
Um, all right. So it's great to have this amazing support we've had from the community thus far. Thanks for listening. If you've been listening and want us to cover some things we're not covering, please reach out, go to the website. We've got a contact form, I think. And if we don't, we'll build one. RoanoakWeekly.com. That's where you can also sign up for the newsletter. Follow us on social media and yeah, check out what else we've got going on, the hosts, all that. If you want to get to know us a little more. We are at this point looking for local partners to do some advertising. If you're interested in being exposed to the Roanoke Weekly growing audience, just hit us up. We'd love to talk to you. We're going to you know, do some really like cool partnership stuff. We'd love to come into your business and get to know you a little more and do some, take some footage, go on social media, tell people about your business. So definitely reach out if that sounds good to you. And please, wherever you're listening to this, give us a, a like, a rating, review, whatever it may be. Uh, it really helps other people figure out what that we're out here, and we yeah, appreciate subscribe. any of it. And please subscribe. Tell your friends. Absolutely. That would mean the world to us. To both the newsletter and the podcast. So. Right. That's right. Do it all. Why not? <laughs> it will take you one minute. We are, of course, also always open to suggestions, so please let right. us know if there's anything you think we're missing. But in the meantime... Uh, Thanks for another week, Aaron. Yeah, thank you, Brad. This has been fun. Talk to you next week. Sounds good.